welcome to the fourth season of Scene to Song, a musical theater podcast for people who love to discuss, critique, and celebrate musicals as a literary art form. I'm your host, Shoshana Greenberg, and each episode I'll bring on a guest to talk about a musical, musical theater writer, or a topic or trend in musical theater. My guest today is G. Victoria Campbell. Victoria is a playwright, composer, and lyricist from Seattle, Washington. In 2020, she wrote the book, music, and lyrics to her first musical, Treason, an eco-musical. She has a PhD in industrial organizational psychology, a BS in psychology, and a minor in music. She's a member of the Dramatist Guild and BMI, and currently resides in Zurich, Switzerland. We are going to talk today about old school and new school musical theater. Hey, Vicki, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hey, Shoshana, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Great. Well, we are going to get started with our get to know our guest questions. What was your first experience with a musical? Oh, man. So I need to think way back to when I was a child. My first experience with a musical was probably either the Disney films of the early 90s or watching old VHS bootleg copies of The Sound of Music and Grease. <laughs> My parents recorded a lot of movies on VHS back in the day, and I just remember sitting in front of the TV and being obsessed with Grease when I was little, like probably like way too little to be watching Grease. It's, um, you know, there's some adult themes in that musical and it went over my head, but I remember just being fascinated by like Summer Eleven and like, you know, the finale. Um, and it just all seemed so fun and happy and romantic and I wanted to be a part of that. And so, um, say probably Grease. Grease is probably the first one I saw. <laughs> Yeah, Grease is like, I feel like the, the, like, quintessential, like, musical that a lot of us watched as kids, and, like, a lot of it went right over our heads. <laughs> <laughs> so many songs went over my heads, but I just kind of like the singing and the dancing, and, you know, the 50s kind of, like, do up vibes, so yeah. a lot of fun. Great. What, uh, which musical has had the greatest impact on you? I would say, um, I already mentioned this as one of the movies that I first saw, Bootleg on VHS, but probably The Sound of Music, just because it was one of the first ones that I'd ever seen, and it really opened up my eyes and ears to the musical as an art form. Um, you know, it's about music. It opened up my mind to the power of music as a theme, um, and it made me want to get outside and explore nature and the Alps and see what the big deal is about the mountains. And so, <laughs> uh, you know, now decades later, like here I am living abroad in Switzerland. And so, um, I'm, I'm always on the lookout for Edelweiss when I go hiking. I would say Sound of Music has to be the one that has the biggest impact on me. That makes a lot of sense thinking about you in Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... What's a musical people may be surprised to find out you love, and why would they be surprised? Oh, man. Uh, this is a hard one. Um, I feel like I'm an open book, and whenever I like something, I just talk about it, and so there really are no surprises with, with musicals <laughs> that I'm really in love with. Um, let's see. I would say probably... 
funny girl. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's not one that I talk about a lot. I guess, I mean, I had it on DVD and I watched it when I was in high school. Um, the version with Barbara Streisand. Um, and it's not even really a plot that I care for and not even really like super entertained by the story. <laughs> I love a couple of the songs. Yeah. I mean, I love when Barbara Streisand sings People. Um, you know, Don't Wait on My Parade is like a classic song. It's one of the best musical theater songs, I think. I mean, the way Babs sings that song. Um, but I just don't really talk about it. So I guess maybe that might be one people would be surprised to hear about that I like is Funny Girl. Yeah. What's your favorite musical that no one else has heard of? Uh, this is hard because I feel like I am so behind with watching and appreciating musicals, and people probably know a lot more about musicals than I do. Um, but I think it's probably one that hasn't been produced yet professionally, so it's in development. Mm-hmm. And it's a musical that my arranger on my, my current musical that I'm working on, um, the arranger that I hired is working on his own musical called Legends of Arama. Mm-hmm. And it's like this big epic fantasy musical um i'm not really usually into epic fantasy stuff unless you count like game of thrones or lord of the rings Mm -hmm. Um, but i read the script and i heard the whole album and i was just blown away by the quality of the music and the lyrics and the story is so moving and compelling and fun so um yeah i would say shout out to joseph purdue and dries jansen's they are the co-writers of legends of arama um I think they have a regional production in the works, but um, oh, nice. if you Google it, you can find like YouTube videos about it and hear some songs. Um, but yeah, I really like Legends of Arma right now. Nice. I definitely will will look that up. Who is your favorite hero character or protagonist in a musical, and who is your favorite villain or antagonist in a musical? Ah, uh, so I think. My favorite hero protagonist probably goes back to my favorite musical, which is The Sound of Music. Um, So it has to be Maria. Maria from Sound of Music because she kind of like encapsulates the heart and soul of musical theater, in my opinion. Uh, Musical theater, you know, is all about storytelling via song and being moved, not just on an intellectual level, but on an emotional level. And this was one of the core beliefs of Maria von Trapp. I mean, she literally teaches the Von Trapp children how to appreciate music and in their own musical performances and concerts in the story are able to like in turn move their father Baron the cold-hearted Baron Von Trapp (laughs) on that same emotional level and so it's kind of meta for me and so I would say um, definitely Maria from The Sound of Music is my favorite protagonist Um, yeah and then the villain um I would say is Ursula in The Little Mermaid. Mm. I think that she's just both hilarious and frightening and absolutely brilliant in her manipulation, (laughs) which is not necessarily a good thing, but she's like so convincing and and logical and like one can almost see Ursula's perspective. I mean, when she gets Ariel to seal the deal, she was completely upfront about the consequences, you know? she. She laid out all the cards on the table, but she took advantage of Ariel and her innocence. Um, so I would say in like a way, she's, she's a shrewd businesswoman, mm. and I can almost admire her for that, <laughs> but she's also like heartless and cruel and obviously only cares about herself. Um, but I was really thinking about this question a lot because I feel like 
you know, she's, she's scary, but I think 30 years later, you know, after seeing Little Mermaid for the first time, I, I'm really curious about, like, Ursula's backstory and her motivation, and I feel like my perspective is, is it's just so, it's different now than it was then, because if you're objective, you know, Ursula is, like, a single female living off of the scum of the bottom of the ocean, just, like, trying to work her way to the top, and there's King Triton, like, the ruler of the sea. Like, how did King Triton become the ruler? Like, did he inherit the throne? Was it nepotism? Like, was there a fair democratic process to, like, make <laughs> him the leader? So I'm just totally overanalyzing her because I'm a psychologist by trade. And, mm-hmm. But I just think there's a really interesting backstory to Ursula and her character. I never saw the stage version, but I, I don't know if they ever expanded on that in the, in the stage version because yeah. I didn't see it. I did, I did see the stage version in Seattle at the Fifth Avenue Theater. Oh, yeah. Um, Diana, I think Diana Huey was Ariel. Mm. Great performance. I love seeing it on stage. But I don't recall that they really explored uh, okay. the too much. I mean, I, I can't recall. Maybe they did and I just forgot. Um, but I think it was pretty close to the Disney animation. Yeah, version. yeah. But I just feel like villains, every character is so complex. And, like, Black and, you know, good and evil is not black and white, and we all have some evil in us, and I just want to know Ursula more, like, what's her deal? Right, but I love your 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 way of looking at the, the exchange that happens in the in the show itself, like, yeah, she is being upfront about the terms, and it's kind of rushed, and she's taking advantage of the fact that she's desperate, but, um, yeah, there's, uh, not there's nothing like deceiving about it in a way i guess mm-hmm. it's just yeah. ariel naivete and lack of business experience and not having succession there to like have her back um but right. I, just, I think characters are so complex heroes and villains and i think there could be a lot more empathy and curiosity about not just the heroes but the villains too let's move on to our topic We'll be looking at old school versus new school musical theater at the with the creators and composers. So, you know, you brought up this idea of talking about old school versus new school musical theater. So where did that uh, where did that idea come from for you? Yeah, so the idea that that there's this divide, if you will, or kind of this like conflict between old school and new school musical theater came to me after I got off the phone with a Tony award-winning producer I was introduced to. Mm-hmm. And I was trying, to an investor, a lot of money, I was trying to pitch my show to him. And before I even had a chance, he started off the call by saying that he personally refuses to invest in new musical theater shows. He used to, he's been around a while, but now he only invests in plays, not musicals. And he said he's never seen Hamilton. He refuses to watch it. Hmm. He, I, he said, I hope he's listening. He doesn't know I'm talking about him. But he said, you know, you could put him in a straitjacket and drag him, and he still would refuse to watch Hamilton. And when I pressed him further, he didn't really divulge much, but he said he's a fan of the Great American Songbook. And then he had to go, so I could have pressed him further. But I got to thinking, like, what's the deal? Like, are there more people like him who think this way? I mean... I love all musicals. I think all musicals have something to offer, and musicals have evolved over time. And I was just like, 
he clearly likes old musicals. He doesn't like Hamilton, and he knows what else he doesn't like. But in his mind, there's this divide, and musicals have changed so much that he doesn't like new musicals. Yeah. So it's kind of like where the idea came from in my head. Like, you know, what is an old musical? What is a new musical? Um, are there various shades or colors or hues within all musicals? Um, or is it just like one spectrum over time and all the things? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because you know when thinking about like this kind of divide you know between old school and new school like this this person you talked to is probably um you know on the younger side or not younger but like not the age of like my grandparents per, <laughs> per se who grew up like in you know going to these golden age musical musicals and I was you know I'm thinking I remember like my grandmother you know uh she you know always you know goes to musicals went to musicals still go went you know not anymore but you know up until a certain point was going to musicals still and I mean you know I saw Book of Mormon with her and you know all the stuff and I remembered when she saw that I was thinking like you know this is not really her cup of tea, um, and, but there, but her cup, but she still wants to see new musicals, you know, mm-hmm. and like, but there's really wasn't anything out there for her that was like a new musical in the style, you know, that she wanted, liked, you know, of, of a more mm-hmm. old school, like golden age or, you know, similar, musical like she wanted to see new musicals it's not like she was only going to go see revivals but Mm -hmm. the but the new the the new school kind of musicals that you know as we're designating them it wasn't really what she she was interested in and wanted to see and i remember at that moment thinking like you know what like why why don't we have more of like a range within the contemporary musical theater um, canon now of like shows that are new but still like of an old school, you know, style that I mean, some of them can, can kind of count, I guess, and we can talk about that too. But um, but yeah, that I remember thinking of that of the divide kind of in that way, like at that moment. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. And this reminds me of a story about how I actually got to see Hamilton live. And mm-hmm. went to Hamilton, I'm sorry, but it's like the classic example of a modern musical. Um, and I, I only saw Hamilton because my friend had season tickets to go see a series of shows with her mother in Seattle. Um, and her mother was like, at the last second, did not want to see Hamilton because she thought she would not like it. She mm-hmm. was like, it's a rap musical, it's not real singing, I don't want to see a bunch of, you know, politicians like rapping through <laughs> a story I don't really care about. And so yeah. she, actually, she actually asked her daughter, like, hey, go invite your friend Vicky. I'm like, oh my God, yes, like, how much do I owe you? She's like, I don't even want your money. I, just, I don't want to see it at all. So you can just have a ticket for free. Like, what the heck? Like, how lucky yeah. was I? And so... I don't know. It's just interesting, and I, I wonder. And my arranger is. Um, I it reminds me of him too because when we were working in my musical, he he and I had a very different idea of like 
songs we thought people would want to listen to to tell a musical story. Mm-hmm. And when I released my demo, like all the songs that were like kind of commercial, more pop rock sounding are the ones that people seem to like the most. The ones that he liked the most, I would say probably are more like quote unquote like traditional um, traditional musical theater style. I don't know, a golden age type type songs. Um, and I don't know, everybody just has their own personal preference, but I just hate that there's this divide, like old school, new school, like mm-hmm. who cares? Can we just all get along right. and all like <laughs> Yeah. Well, I guess we should talk about like what, when we say old school and versus new school or those terms, like what do, what do we mean or, and what do we think other people mean when they are referring to, to those, to those two, I guess, eras, ages of, of musical theater? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I personally, I don't think there should be a distinction. I think musical theater is an art form that is, first and foremost, uh, about storytelling through song, and I don't think this has really ever changed. I mean, yeah, there's, like, song cycle musicals, like Six, for example, maybe a little bit more, like, concert style, not not really formulated around a specific plot, per se, but generally it's, like, about telling stories um, around a theme or, you know, through song. Um, I But I think that, you know, perhaps musicals, you know, 50 years ago were written to cater to audiences of that time, you know, to ensure tickets to sell. Musicals are like a business, first and foremost. I mean, you got to make, make your money back on your investment. Um, and I think musical theater has just evolved to kind of like appeal to the masses over time. And now you have like Greatest Showman or you have like, Evan Hansen or Lava Land, and I think those are also musicals. I think they just appeal to like the genres and the audiences of the time. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but then maybe it's all relative. Maybe like, you know, when I was growing up, like Rent was like really famous, and to me that's like I would consider um, today in my mid thirties. Now Rent is like an older musical, but it was new at the time. Um, I'm sure if you ask this producer I was on the phone with, maybe in his opinion, Rent is, like, too modern for him. Maybe anything after the 80s is, like, too modern and <laughs> too new for him, you know? It's all, like, maybe relative to one's age and relative to, like, the musicals that you grew up listening to and how you've seen them change over time. I mean, I, I really don't know. I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts on are on the definition. Yeah, I mean, I def- like, there is, like, there is definitely, like, a an era of musical theater history that's like designated the golden age that we can maybe refer to that as old school like that with where people have like designated like years like 1943 to 1964 like Oklahoma to like you know hello dolly fiddler on the roof type uh type span there and uh so like we have that like distinction of you know that's the go- that's what the golden age is you know when we and like there's a lot of reasons to say like that wasn't really like the like a complete golden age like where are the women writers in that time you know like where <laughs> like definitely the form like you know uh came of age came became very popular and was you know uh you know the music was you know more in tune with like the popular music of the day you know all that stuff you know about musicals in that time um i mean i think there's still like a lot of 
still like a lot of variety within like the different musicals of that time like i wouldn't be i wouldn't want to say like you know rogers and hammers like they're all like rogers and hammerstein musicals you know or, or they're all because yeah. there's definitely like a lot of different like bye bye birdie was in that time and that uses mm-hmm. like you know it is like an early rock musical you know <laughs> you know yeah, so like there's definitely like a lot of variety in there um and but i think but i think there is like a and i wonder if the shift has to do with the music of the day like in terms of you know now the music is a lot more like you know pop and you know when you know when we have something like uh you know dear evan hansen on the you know the greatest showman like that's using like that that pop sound that's on the that's not exactly what's on the radio but you know similar to that and then and hamilton of course like drawing from all those musical influences like hip-hop and rap and you know all that um i think that that definitely draws like a distinction for me between like old school and new school just in terms of like the music that people are drawing from um we just don't i feel like we don't have as many you know people drawing from older musical styles as much Mm -hmm. and at least in in what's you know become more popular in musical theater right now like nobody's (laughs) I can't, I can't think of too many, like, musicals that are drawing from operetta, you know, and stuff like that. Um, Even though I'm sure people are writing them. But, um, but yeah, so I, I think, like, music does, does create, like, a, like, a bit of a distinction. And, um, but also lyrically, I mean, there are, um you know, ways that lyrics are written that have changed, I think, over the years that um, you can kind of hear, like, a difference between old school and new school a little bit. I mean, and and I still think, like, the lines are blurry because, you know, I, like, a, a generalization could be, like, you know, you know, uh, new school, like, now, you know, songs are are a lot wordier and like using a lot more words and but then you have like you know Cole Porter who was also very wordy but in a different way um so but I but generally I do think that there is like a move over the years toward like talking out your feelings a lot more, a lot more in lyric in song than before, um, uh, as you just like maybe a general. like in reference to the lyrical content and like the themes that they're referring to within the lyrics. Yeah, and, and mostly in lyric, yeah, in lyrical content, like, like you have like uh, now I'm gonna use Rogers and Hammerstein as an example, but like we kiss in a shadow, like a song like that is very the lyrically you know it's very succinct like it's like four lines per verse like very you know whereas like it's harder now in like new school in in today's contemporary musical theater to find uh lyrics that are 
that that succinct that like um you know four lines four lines you know a b section and then four more lines you know um that are gonna that that are gonna say convey everything that the song is gonna convey in a shadow we hide from the moon our meetings are few and over too soon we speak in a whisper afraid to be heard when people are near sunlight and say to the sky behold and believe what you see behold how my to say one is that's bad you know it's just like I feel like just that's that's a difference that I've noticed in um you know in in lyric lyric writing uh over the years I guess yeah I guess that's true I've noticed that too I think you think there's like a lot more um do you think there's like a higher bar with lyric writing and there's, you know, more competition and it's like having to make sure you have complex lyrics and like perfect rhymes or just like, I don't know, how do you think that the, the, I guess the rigor around lyric writing has evolved from maybe golden age to now? Yeah, I don't know. Cause that's, it's hard to say, I think, because I think there is like the standard for lyrics was still, was, was very high in the past, you know? <laughs> It's I mean, but also like we're we're only seeing from old school really the stuff that's kind of stood the test of time, too, yeah, and like we're not like we can dig into the past and find a lot of shows like there's there most a lot of them are out there like the the shows that flopped and and like because a lot of them still made cast albums and everything, um, and you can see like lyrics that you're kind of like well that maybe is not as great but um but I still think you know there is a high you know a high bar for lyrics and for songwriting then and yeah I mean I I would I'm so curious now what the what this producer like what he was he what specific but specifics he was referring to in terms of like, yeah, like what about like, old yeah or, or the themes maybe that the shows are covering i mean i know for me like i will say another distinction that comes to mind and i'm generalizing but it seems like 
older school musicals had more of, um, I guess, rigor or appreciation for like legit singing. And mm-hmm. now there's maybe more flexibility in the delivery of the performance, in the delivery of the, the singing. Um, you know, Bias, The Sound of Music, I love Julie Andrews. Right. She has the voice of an angel. Um, and I feel like now you have a lot more like belters out there, mm-hmm. people who you know, really respected, like, Tony Award-winning, Grammy Award-winning singers, but, like, when I hear some of these singers sing, it, like, pains me, because I'm, like, how is that good for your voice? Like, they're, like, <laughs> you know, they're singing, like, all on their chest voice, or, like, mixed voice, and they're not, you know, proper falsetto, and, like, it just seems like you would wear out your voice, like, so much more quickly. It, I, I just take it as a personal preference. Like, I don't like that style of singing. I right. like more, like, classical sounding, traditional sounding, like legit singing. I don't tend to like people who sing in like the lower registers where like they're shouting or screaming. And so, I don't know, it seems like there's more of, um, there's more of that style now than there was back in the day. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I, I know like this has been, you know, for people who, you know, have legit voices or who write for legit voices, it's, it's definitely not like uh, the, the favored form, I guess, right now for, um, you know, and, and yeah, it's very much, you know, a pop, more of a pop and Mm -hmm. belt, pop sounds, a a belt, um, style that for what's kind of, you know, popular in terms of, you know, for musicals right now. Which, you know, is unfortunate because, like, as you said, like, we should be have we should have, like, a range of all different styles depending on, like, what, you know, what the show is, what the story is, and, and all that. But, I mean, look at Kelly O'Hara, who, um, does, has to do mostly revivals, but, you know, but at, at least we've gotten, you know, we had Bridges of Madison County, which, you know, she could be in a new musical for a legit, <laughs> for a legit yep. sound. Um, and, like, the show didn't do well, which, um, you know, whatever that means in terms of, like, writing for that kind of sound. But, um, and there was, uh, there was also off the off-Broadway musical Far From Heaven, but she was also in that that also I mean it's like people are writing that like uh Michael John LaCusa writes you know for you know that kind of style uh as well and um so it's it's there it's just definitely not like the more popular sound but another thing that came to mind though too when we talk about you know is there a difference between old school old and new or is is there an old versus new um yeah it's like I wonder if there's a difference in the themes or the stories that are being told yeah. um, back in the day versus now. Like, it seems like, and I could be wrong because I, I haven't seen a lot of musicals. I've seen enough, but not, not like right. all of them. Um, I wonder if back in the day, like maybe the Golden Age shows tended to cover more like safer topics and themes mm-hmm. or maybe like less risque. You know, like, yeah. could we have could we have had Avenue Q or, like, Book of Mormon, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, it's kind of, you know, kind of racy, um, I don't know, but then you have, like, Hair, which is, like, 60s or 70s, I think, which, yeah, it was late 60s, yeah, yeah, and that one definitely covers, like, I was very, like, they have some explicit, like, like, nudity and, like, right. cover very important themes, and so, I don't know, I'm just wondering if there's a shift in, 
um, the stories that are being told now, too. Yeah. No, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think, like, I think, well, I, I tend to more look at it as, like, a, I guess, like, a a line, uh, not a line, but, like, a movement, a movement forward, I guess, like, mm-hmm. of, like, increasingly trying to tell, pushing the form and, like, trying to tell, like, more complex, you know, and, and darker and deeper stories as it goes on, even though, like, you know, people were trying to do that from the beginning, but just, like, keep pushing, pushing that, you know? I mean, also in the golden age, like, you, you had, you know, it was mostly white writers, and, and I, you know, I don't, it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to see, like, a preference for, you know, old school musical theater as, you know, it's hard not to see that as, like, you know, return, like, are you do you want to return to the 50s <laughs> you know? right. and like in the and the you know when like we didn't have you know women writers writers of color that were getting produced um mm-hmm. especially like composers uh women composers but um so i don't know like it's it's hard. I mean, there's so much to love that to love about that that time and those musicals, but it's hard to it, it's hard to like see wanting to stay in that <laughs> in yeah. that time. Good old days, no? Yeah, as as anything but as anything but that. I don't know. I like to think that we're always like broadening our, you know. Uh, definition or our our understanding of what a musical can be and like the way it expanded you know with Showboat and Oklahoma and all the musicals in the golden age that were expanding the form um, like that we're still doing that now like that we can have musicals that um you know, look at, you know, really dark topics of, and and not to say that the musicals are going to be all dark and serious, but are able to look at topics like war and, mm-hmm. and you know, oppression and uh, capitalism, which musicals have been doing in their own time, yeah. but in, in their own way um, all along, but, like, to really, like, keep telling those and, like, keep going deeper into those topics, like, um, I like to think we're, we're continuously move, moving in that direction, but, but it's hard to say. I mean, like, I, I, I just recently, I, I kind of confronted the fact that, like, I always think, like, things are constant, constantly, you know, getting better, but that's not necessarily true, you know, things mm-hmm. kind of more go in a wave maybe <laughs> and like yeah, lots, of, lots of dips down before you go back up again right so yeah so I mean we have, definitely have to be careful that you know and and notice if we're you know in a you know not so great time I mean it is interesting like as much as I don't like self-referential musicals like uh uh something rotten or um 
you're in town or like even Book of Mormon in its way. Um, I, I do think like one of the, you know, signs of a form that's maturing is one that can look at itself and like reference, make reference to itself. Mm -hmm. Um, just as long as like not everything is, (laughs) not every musical is like that, then you sort of end up in a feedback loop. But, um, but yeah, but I think, you know, as much as I don't like that style of musical, like that, that is a sign that like the musical form is maturing, that it's like mm-hmm. able to, to self-reference itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was taking um like a musical theater songwriting course through Maestra a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and, um, the it's the composer of Frozen. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh God, Kristen Anderson Lopez. Yeah. yeah, amazing. And she said something which I guess I agree with, and it's true, but I think unfortunately true. And she said something to the effect of like protagonists in musicals. It's like really hard to to dramatize the protagonist's journey um, if the problems they're trying to solve like aren't very explicit and aren't very real. Like mm. she pretty much said like a male protagonist, like, they either have to be an orphan, like, not from an intact family, they have to be really poor, and or they have to, like, want the girl, and, like, otherwise, it's, like, really hard to tell a story from, like, the male perspective, and I'm, like, huh, I'm thinking about, like, my protagonist, and, like, (laughs) on the surface, they're, like, a rich white male who has everything, but, like, I I don't know, I, I, I hope that I hope that people are more open-minded to, like, more complex protagonists to have, like, deeper problems that are hard to hard to dramatize with musicals but that it is doable but i don't know like maybe musicals maybe my musical should be a play like instead of a musical i don't know it just seems i I hope that there's more of an evolution in creating like really complex characters with not like obvious explicit problems you know yeah like what what were the problems that? Sorry, I, I now I can't remember what you said. Yeah, what were the like, problems? It's really hard to create a musical if you have a male lead. Um, if they're not either like an orphan, uh, broke, uh, or want the girl, pretty much. And so I was trying to think of like, there's not even musicals with like male leads where they don't have one of those three problems. Like, aren't there? Like, I mean, are there? Like, a lot of poor and kind of has like no family. I think it's probably. M- like more saying like the more your character like has to go like I maybe like the more they want and the more they are in, starting from a place of lacking then yeah. like there's more of a arc there can there's more room for an arc I don't you tell the kind of story yeah I mean definitely a a feature of of newer school is like more people um wanting like a more like uh what's the word I don't want to say diverse but like uh like a range of protagonists mm-hmm. um with like um you know more women stories mm-hmm. told by I mean that's the thing I feel like this gets into the whole industry, which, like, I don't ha- I don't have enough knowledge to get into, but, like, this is what I feel like writers are trying to do versus, like, 
what's coming out <laughs> in yeah. like on Broadway, which is not quite this, but like trying from what I see from writers is more like writers wanting to look at a wide range of protagonists from different perspectives, different backgrounds. We have so many more women writers, women of color writers, like mm -hmm. writing. And um, I mean, what comes out on Broadway is like a very like poor representation of that, but. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, like the, like the stories are being written and they're trying to be told and they exist. I mean, there are people were writing with a, I mean, definitely Rogers and Hammerstein were looking outside like their culture, but it is still, but they were still white writing, you know, from, you know, a white, you know, American, you know, male perspective. Mm -hmm. um, so whereas now, like the, I feel like the floodgates are so much, are so open for that there. It's the writers are coming in from all different you know, perspectives and, and all that. So, um, just because musical theater, I mean, that's another feature of like old school, new school, whereas like musical theater has been around for long enough that it's permeated like all these other cultures where we're now getting, um, you know, writers from different countries and, you know, writers who, you know, saw Rent and, you know, that spoke to them, you know, or whatever it is. Like, I, I, I feel like, uh, like a feature of old versus new is just like new means that we've had like all of the old and <laughs> like we've built and like now we're here and like, um, like that, that time has passed, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I was really encouraged to see, I, I watched the online um, NAMT festival, the mm -hmm. National Science Theater Festival, and I think, like, I want to say three, at least three of the eight of the musicals that were selected were, like, an Asian-American, like, immigrant story, which is really encouraging. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was, um, like, a, a musical about the Salem witch trials from the perspective of, like, a black female slave, I think. So there's just, like more perspectives being um, delivered. And I, I hope to see yeah. that not just on like new musical festival stages, but like bigger stages too. I hope people, uh, producers out there are very open-minded and willing to explore different kinds of stories that just haven't been told yet. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But it is, I mean, I think it is useful in a way to look at um, like, old school golden age stuff and look at what what was work what works for you from that time what does not work for you from that time from those musicals um because there's a, as i said like there's so much i love about you know how um how certain lyrics work and like how you know what i mean even like there it's Yes, like there's so much that's problematic, but like what stories were they wanting to tell in that time is so interesting to me. Should we move on to the why is this so yeah, good? Let's, let's move on. All right, cool. So for why is this so good, we have uh, from New School, no, <laughs> from New School Musical Theater, uh, the song From Now On 
from The Greatest Showman by Pesek and Paul. Um, so, full disclosure, I never saw The Greatest Showman. So <laughs> I love it. Well, you should see it. I should. Me. So, why don't you, um, I guess, give like a, a little context about how this song fits into the the story? Um, I think it's either the finale or close to the end of the movie. But Greatest Showman is about P.T. Barnum, you know, a circus master, and it's kind of a fictionalized, semi-fictionalized version of his life, because it's based on a real person, and um, it's kind of his transformation song. He goes through a lot of stuff, he makes a lot of bad decisions, he treats a lot of people very poorly, and, um, and he pays for it very dearly, and he's realizing like there's more to life than fame and power and wealth, and it's kind of his, like, redemption song interesting I mean it was I mean I do love like just hearing songs from things without knowing the context so that was (laughs) so that was cool too what I mean I'll I'll let you go first what do you love about about this song I love the way it makes me feel I, I feel like I am with the character on his emotional realization on his emotional journey throughout the course of like the four minute song I mean he's realizing like all the wrong that he's done and he's apologetic and remorseful and he's thinking about how none of that fame and fortune matters. I saw the sun begin to dim and felt that winter wind blow cold. A man learns who was there for him when the glitter fades and the walls won't hold. From that rubble, what remains can only be what's true. If all was lost, there's more I gained, cause it led me back to you. blinded by the light from now on once waited till tomorrow starts tonight tonight let this promise in me start like an anthem in my heart from now on Like, lyrically, it's still moving. Musically, it's still moving. It's a beautiful orchestration, beautiful arrangement, um, beautiful, like, percussion. And, like, I can visualize the scene in the film when the song was playing. There's dancing in a bar. People are, like, stomping and clapping their hands. And it's just very lively towards the end of the song. Um, but ultimately, I like that it makes me feel, like, both sadness and joy. Like, I feel just emotionally moved for this character, and I, I want to forgive him. <laughs> the song works. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, good job, Pesek and Paul. Not knowing the context, I was going to say something similar to why I love this song. It's just that I, like, it made me feel so much joy while listening to it. But, I mean, 
I know there's like his journey within it there 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 is like sadness but um but just like getting to the end and like I don't know I watched especially I watched um I guess it was like a video of uh like a it, it had the feel of like a backers audition or something. I know it wasn't that, but it was. They were all in like a rehearsal studio room. Oh, I've seen that with Hugh Jackman. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's so good. So I'm like watching that video, and I'm like, and everybody is clapping <laughs> and into it. And I'm like, so I mean, uh, the film I'm sure has a different visual element <laughs> to the song. After, after the video, you should go back to YouTube and watch the clip from the film because it's an amazing dance sequence. Oh, too. nice! The extra level of like energy and joy. <laughs> nice, yeah. So, but I, yeah. So I'm watching this, and and everybody is like clapping and and in the room, and you're just feeling like I, I I'm sure the dance is amazing, but there I I definitely appreciated being able to see like the singers like in the room singing the song and they're I mean I guess that's the the theater uh aspect of it yeah. but like I was very moved by that and um yeah I mean I think what Pasek and Paul um do so well and like why they stand out is that they're writing in this pop idiom form whatever you want to call it but and the 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 lyrics they feel like they're in that pop form like there's nothing very complex about mm-hmm. you know the lyrics because they they feel like a pop song but they're still doing dramatic work they're still like um referring to character in complex ways and um but at, but it never calls any attention to itself. Like it still stays in that pop world. I mean, without even knowing the character, I, it just seems like a pop song. But if you know the character, like you're getting all this information about like his journey as you're talking about and like his. Yeah. But actually, I I first heard this song. I think I saw the the video. Maybe it was like um, an investment, like audition or whatever. Uh, I saw the same video that you saw before I saw the film. Oh and yeah. I was, and I was just as moved, not knowing the context, as right. I was on the film later. It's just a great song. Yeah, it. They do the build so well. Like, I mean, I'm also like a very big sucker for repetition, and <laughs> which is like, I guess, a big element in pop you know, but, um, just any kind of repetition. I'm like, if I like a musical phrase, just hit me with it. Just hit me with it over, (laughs) just hit me with it over and over again. Um, so, and this, and that's what this song does. Mm -hmm. I really agree with you. But each time it's like, there's, it's enhanced with like extra instrumentation. Yeah. It just gets layered and layered and layered and it's just, ah, it's really well done. Yeah, it builds so well and, um, you know, and then it backs off a little bit.
like the the rhymes are so simple. Going back to like how their lyrics are very unassuming. Like there there's not even that much rhyme in it either. But I think that just like gives it room for the the emotion for the for that joy to come through. Like mm-hmm. you're not you're not using your head too much <laughs> in the song, yeah. you know. It definitely leaves room for Yeah, I would say emotion. Like, like usually lyrics are what I pay attention to more. Um mm-hmm. I really like put in and I listen and then I and then I play it back again later to like appreciate the musical part. But I feel like this song, it is very lyric light and I think it was like a really long intro too, where it's just like do 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 like the piano, the instrumentation, it's just and it's very well balanced. I just love it. I love. I feel like even without the lyrics, I could be moved emotionally because of the music. Yeah, I think the music, as you said, like it really carries it, and um, like, and it just plays to their strengths as as writers, like creating this this pop song that that connects you to a character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's so beautiful. Ah, I love the song. Well, cool. Let's move on then to our final section. Why, uh, something wonderful. Uh, so, you know, obviously still no uh, in-person theater, but, you know, what upcoming or uh, current musical theater things, musicals, books, events uh, are we excited about or want to give a shout out to? Yeah, um, uh, as a as an emerging writer and artist myself, I try to like balance my time creating, but also consuming other people's art. Mm-hmm. But like not too much art, because I don't want to be distracted and like, <laughs> accidentally influenced or like accidentally plagiarized. And so I try to not like I try to you know, balance. But yeah. I will say one thing that I really look forward to doing like every day um, during pandemic times is I go for like a two hour walk. And I listened to a brand new, to me, musical theater cast recording album. Nice. All the way through, in order, beginning to end. You know, try to appreciate the story through the music and lyrics. Because I am so behind. Like, there are so many musical albums that, like, I've never heard before. Like, you know, I only listened to, like, Natasha and Pierre today. And um, and oh, also I listened to um, Kinky Boots, like, for the first time yesterday. So mm-hmm. I'm just, like, catching up on... Um, musicals and it's like what I look forward to every morning is just a new musical to me you know for an hour of my time um tomorrow I'm gonna listen to Carolina Change for the first time oh I'm so excited for you I haven't heard any of the songs I mean I love it so (laughs) (laughs) 
Yay! See, it's like I introduce you to from now on, and then you're like telling me how awesome Carolina changes. There's just so much musical theater to appreciate. Yeah. Um, yeah, what else? Oh, I guess I'm looking forward to seeing. Um, there's like this thing called 5 by 15 at NAMT, you know, um, and they just extended their streaming um, availability to March 7th. And so I'm excited to going online and watching those 15 minute musicals. Oh, nice. But, you know, so much to look forward to. And of course, post pandemic, being in a theater, in a live audience, watching theater in person one day will be amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, for mine, yeah, I guess I'll, I will shout out New York Theater Barn. Um, I, they, every Wednesday night at 7 Eastern time, they do, uh, they showcase two new musicals. I myself have been part of that new work series in, in, in person times. Um, but I don't watch every week or anything, but, um, you know, when I do, it's always just like a treat, um, either because I know somebody or like the sub, the subject of the musical looks interesting to me. And like, I happen to be free that night. So I'm going to shout out, uh, New York theater barn for doing the new work series virtually, like almost every week during, yeah. <laughs> during oh, actually, this. I'm looking forward to that too. I've been watching them. I mean, it's amazing. There's just so many great new musicals out there. So, um, it's a good one to keep tabs on. Yeah. And I think they stay up, um, after. Do, I've been watching old ones. From oh, nice. Like, way back in the archives. So yeah. <laughs> I should watch some of the older ones too. Cause I've been like, Oh, I'm, I'm free at seven this week. I can watch, you know, or, and I forget, like, oh, I can, even if I miss it, like, I can still, <laughs> I yeah, can still watch. Yeah, it's the internet now. <laughs> right, that's true. All online. <laughs> I'm still trying to make musical theater, like, a live thing. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in at 6.59 p.m. and watch the New York series. Right. Thank you all for listening to this episode of Scene to Song. You can write to scenetosong at gmail.com with a comment or question about an episode or about musical theater, or if you'd like to be a podcast guest. Love this podcast? Help it find more listeners by rating it on Apple Podcasts and leaving a review. Follow us on Instagram at scenetosong, on Twitter at scenesong, and on Facebook at scenetosong with Shoshana Greenberg Podcast. The theme music you are hearing is by Julia Meinwald. And check back here in two weeks for our next episode.